0: You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast.
1: And now we commemorate the opening of Shanghai Disney Resort. San, Ar, Yi, Liang, Shanghai Disney Resort is now officially open.
0: Another world, another time. In the Age of Wonder. There was once a dream. You could only
2: whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. Rust. Well, if it isn't the Star-Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up oh, to Neverland. <laughs>
3: Take your pixie out of your pocket, sprinkle some of that pixie dust around, and grab your happiest thought, because it is time to fly away with me, Jeremy, your host, your Spider Pan, away to Neverland one more time. Oh My goodness, okay, there was so much fun stuff kind of going on this week. I mean, we've got a new movie out there, a new trailer out there, there's new things happening in the parks now that it's summertime. Uh, My goodness, there is so much fun to be had. Now, I do want to, of course, say that we are thinking of the Graves family uh, with a terrible tragedy that happened with their two-year-old son and an alligator there at Disney property. Uh, Also, the terrible tragedy last week in Orlando uh, with a, a... just a very, very bad incident. Uh, but we're not here to talk about negative things and all the things that's gone wrong with the world. We are a very positive energy type of show. We want to come here and we want to have fun. We want to talk about things we want to enjoy. And so we're not going to focus on those those things that's going wrong. Although, yes, I, I figure I do have to acknowledge we did have an incident in, in at Disney Park. Uh, there's changes being made in that park. Uh, they've put up some fencing even around the, that beachfront area. Uh, So, Disney's doing all they can, but I don't want to focus on that. Like I said, we have too much fun stuff to talk about. I mean, goodness, Shanghai Disney has opened. We've got a trailer for the new live-action Pete's Dragon. Uh, Finding Dory has hit theaters. Uh, There's new shows going on right now in the Disney parks, and uh, we just want to talk about that and have a good time. And so, come along with me, and we'll get started with some uh, Disney news.
2: Banning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment.
1: This is news from around Neverland.
3: Okay, I'm only really going to cover one thing here. Shanghai Disney, or Shanghai as uh, they have been pronouncing it, has opened. Uh, Now, the fun thing is, is, okay, we talked about last week that... If you watch the Disney Channel or Disney XD, Disney Junior, or even Freeform, uh, they were going to show uh, like an opening ceremony for Shanghai Disney. Now, the interesting thing this was live streamed on YouTube on uh, the night before. Uh, Before the gates even opened, they had this great, wonderful event. Which, if you've seen what Universal has done for both of their theme parks, when they've opened the Harry Potter worlds and attractions, and they have uh, projections on the castle, and John Williams playing music, and fireworks, and just a wonderful event, this was Disney saying, oh yeah, we can do that too. (laughs) It was really cool. Now, I watched first the streaming on YouTube, and, uh, you know, a lot of it, of course, is in, uh, I, I'm probably here in Mandarin. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, there, I know there's different dialects and things around China. Uh, so, of course, I didn't understand a word anyone said, except for when they announced Bob Gur And he came out, of course, being the, you know, head of Disney. He, of course, was speaking English. I uh, also did recognize he did introduce Tan Dun. Which, uh, if you have seen the movie Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, he was the composer for that. And he had composed some wonderful music here for this entire ceremony. Uh, He was conducting an orchestra playing some bits of Disney music. Uh, Definitely go to YouTube and watch the, the video. They still have it. If you just go to Disney's official YouTube page, you can go and view it. Uh, I was able to view it on Google Fiber on my television so I got the full effect and could hear everything. Uh, Wonderful music, dancing, wonderful projections on the largest castle in a Disney park. It was fantastic. Now, we're not going to focus on the fact that, yes, China has lots of human rights violations or whatever, blah, blah, blah. They're known for it. So if anybody's got any complaints about that, you know, save it and talk about it later on your blog. This, however, was a wonderful event. And, uh, I preferred it actually watching it on YouTube. I tried to watch the video where they had Sophia Carson uh, sort of hosting, you know this this event that they talked about being on TV that I mentioned last week. It was the same event, only edited and chopped down with Sophia Carson commentating on everything. As like, oh look, there's Mickey Mouse, as if we couldn't see him coming. Uh, she really, I was sitting there going, "Be quiet! I want to watch the event." You know, so I'm kind of glad I watched it on YouTube. And got to see the entire event unedited and get to just listen to the music and enjoy the entire thing. Uh, Because I think Sophia Carson actually kind of ruined it by commentating and talking the entire time. Uh, So uh, definitely, if you watch the uh, the event Thursday night on television, go to YouTube and watch the video there. It was very, very cool. Uh, And I have even seen where some other uh, Disney groups, uh, like Attractions Magazine, have actually... The opening in the morning, uh, rope drop or ribbon cutting, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I've borrowed some of their audio, uh, but they have some video of that if you'd like to see it. You'd like to see some of the first people coming into the park. Uh, very exciting. Uh, so, But Shanghai Disney is officially open. Also, this week... Make sure you set your DVRs, because this week will be the premiere of LEGO Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures. Uh, now, I'm going to read kind of what IGN has said about this. They got to attend a press event for this series. This will be on Disney XD. Uh, and it, they, they got a chance to talk with showrunners Bill Motz and Bob Roth, as well as voice stars Nicholas Cantu, uh, Vanessa And Eugene Bird and Matthew Wood. Uh, This is set between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and follows the Freemakers, which is a family of sibling scavengers, along with their butler droid Roger, who run their own shop and scour the galaxy for useful debris that they can use to build new ships. And when the the trio's youngest sibling, Rowan, discovers part of the ancient kyber sailor, saber, sorry, the first lightsaber ever made, the group becomes a lucrative target for Emperor Palpatine and Darth Vader. Uh, From there, it's up to the Freemakers to find the rest of the kyber crystals that make up the weapon before the Sith can get their hands on it. Uh, this of course is gonna be your typical LEGO Star Wars fun. I have lost count of how many series we've gotten from them. Uh, it is of course not considered to be canon because it's done all in fun. It's kind of in its own unique universe of LEGO. Uh, but it premieres this week. Check your listings on Disney XD. Uh, I forgot the exact day of it, so you'll just have to do a quick search on your DVR. You should be able to find it. Uh, But definitely check this out. This will be something fun to watch over the summer. I'm not sure exactly how many episodes of this we get. Uh, And it's, you know, some brand new characters, so it should be a whole lot of fun. I mean, after all, it is Star Wars. But now, I believe it is time to visit the Neverland Trailer Park. All right, y'all. One more time! It don't matter what you look like! It don't nobody gonna sing with okay.
0: The Neverland Trailer Park.
2: I was out here at the Eastern Pad. But that's.
1: 50 miles east. From where we
2: found him. Hey! wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Do you know where your parents are? Your family?
0: I guess he was on a picnic or a camping trip. He wandered off and got himself lost.
2: Been out in the woods, doing things his own way. Sounds like a boy after your own heart. How long has he been out there? Six years. Nobody can survive in that forest for six years. At least not alone. You'll see. I have Elliot. Who's Elliot? We need to get back to him. He gets
1: scared when I'm gone.
2: Is Elliot a person?
1: No. He looks like a dragon. What's a dragon?
2: Shh. <gasps> That's a dragon.
1: You don't have to run anymore, Pete. You can stay with us.
2: This thing is dangerous. We don't
1: want to leave you, but he'll come looking for you. What's going to happen to Elliot? You have no idea what this thing is capable of. Let's go hunting. We're
2: oh, going! Elliot! Mom!
1: You're very brave. Did you know that? Oh, no! You might be the bravest boy I've ever met. Esther! <laughs>
0: In pursuit of a... Dragon. dragon! It's a dragon! You can't say dragon over the radio.
3: Okay, um, it's really no secret I am skeptical about a remake of Pete's Dragon. Now, granted, the original Pete's Dragon film was not a big blockbuster hit, but it's sort of a cult favorite amongst Disney fans, and we do enjoy this movie. Uh, you know, Delightful characters, a lot of great songs... Uh, and when I see the trailer for this new version, it bears absolutely no resemblance to uh, what we know. And, I mean, granted, cool, you know, live action, that's fun and all. And, you know, we got a furry green dragon, so Elliot looks different, and that's not really that big a deal. But in terms of story, this looks. Like you know, it's not even the same movie. <laughs> you know, it, there's nothing recognizable except for there's a little boy named Pete, and he's got a dragon. And this deals with he's been wandering around in the woods and mysteriously shows up. And he says, "Well, because my dragon is my friend, and he helped me." And I'm not sure what angle they're coming at this from. I mean, we have instead of a uh, uh, you know instead of being set uh, kind of in the 1930s, 1940s, uh, or maybe earlier. Uh, that the original film was set where you had a kind of a snake oil salesman who wanted to, uh, get Elia and, uh, make elixirs out of him. Now we seem to have, uh, government agents, I guess, that are coming around, which uh, I cannot think of the actor's name, but uh we've seen him in Lord of the Rings, we've seen him in these new Star Trek movies as Bones, and my brain has just gone right out the window, but I did recognize him as being the lead guy from whatever agency is out to hunt down a dragon. Uh, we also, of course, have some police officers that uh, there's a very comic scene of uh chasing a dragon around. Uh, so, I mean, it's bears, I guess, similarities to where, you know, some of the basic plot points, perhaps, but it seems like an entirely different movie. So I guess we really have to just take this in value of what it is. Uh, and I, I think they're still very, you know, cagey and not really showing us a whole lot. So if there's some inner plots or anything, if we have anybody who's gone missing at sea or anything like that, any elements that we loved from the original film. I wouldn't really expect them necessarily to show up in any form in this one. This seems to be a completely reimagined, completely different film. Uh, so, you know, I think we're just going to have to take this and, and just check it out and see what Disney has to offer. And, you know, in, in, in track history, we generally do tend to enjoy it. So I th- let's just go for the ride, I'm saying. <laughs>
2: There'll be spectacle, there'll be
3: fantasy There'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see
2: hey, a movie! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie! Starring everybody! And me! Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time! Hermit, I got a great
3: picture of the chicken! Oh, good!
2: Hello! Did you hear that?
0: What was that? You're what?
2: I just, I heard someone say hello
0: Yeah, there's a lot of fish here Anybody, literally anybody could have just said hello Hello? There Where am I looking? There Oh Hi, I'm Dory Yeah, well, where are your parents?
2: Hi, I've lost my family Where did you see them last? I forgot I was looking for something and I Okay, totally get it Date night I suffer from short-term memory loss It runs in my family At least I think it does where are they? Dory, there you are! Guys. Look out! Ah. ah! look at this. <slash> Our friend got taken into whatever this place is. It's a fish hospital. I feel fantastic! Listen! <laughs> Dude. His name's Hank. I have to find my family. That's a hard one, kid. Well, I guess you're stuck here. You're not helping, Bill. Roger things! I lost my family. That is so sad. You weren't... <laughs> not a great swimmer our friend is in there lost alone bailey you've got to use your echolocation Ooh, i feel stupid poor baby let me get that for you Woo! mom dad she should just pick two and let's go dad what i'm kidding i get the feeling they're shushing us for a reason like something with one big eye tentacles and a snappy thing well that's very specific but something like that Somewhere out there is my family. I can't find them on my own. Hang on, Dory! Surf's up, dude! me! I don't want to be touched! Sorry. That's okay. Everybody does it. Nothing to be ashamed of. Ah, I trust Becky. You trust Becky. Becky's eating a cup. Ah. Just keep swimming. Mom! Dad! Does this mean we have to say goodbye to Dory? I don't know why I thought I could do this. Dory, you are about to find your parents. And when you do that, you'll be home. Sea lions, they are natural predators. They could pounce at any moment. Ha, mate, don't you worry off.
3: Don't you worry about a thing. Okay, so I've got a movie review, of course, of Finding Dory. Pixar is there well, we I almost said Pixar Disney, but really Pixar is the one that makes these. Disney releases them, but it's a you know parent company thing, but that's not the important thing. This is a sequel to Finding Nemo. And as Pixar and uh, Disney has done with previous sequels, I mean, if you look at Cars and Cars 2, Cars 2 was basically, look, the sidekick gets their own movie. And the Pirates of the Caribbean series, you know, we had a sidekick, uh, Jack Sparrow, who basically became the star of the series from the second film on. But he was a sidekick character. Uh, And sometimes this works, and sometimes this doesn't. I mean, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 2, it did make quite a bit of money, but it was really not as good a film, and uh, I am not the only person, apparently, who thinks that the character of Captain Jack Sparrow can get a little old after a while. Uh, And, of course, Cars too. although I did enjoy it, because I do enjoy Larry the Cable Guy and his brand of humor, and I do like Mater, uh, I was able to enjoy the second film and thought it was kind of fun and had a a great cast. Uh, Granted, it is entirely different from the original Cars film, so it is kind of like dancing with the the different person than who brung you. So (laughs) I can understand some of the complaints, and a lot of people didn't like Cars 2, but that's okay. You know, I still liked it. I still had fun. Uh, Maybe not as good as the original, but it was still good. So now this, Finding Dory, is once again a sequel where we're taking the sidekick and turning them into the main character, which, as we've said, has had some successes, but always you know, seems to be a little flaky on whether it's going to be any good. Uh, and overall, um, I'd say maybe, maybe not as good as the original, uh, but I had a whole lot of fun in this movie. Uh, it's they, they took some of uh, Dory's uh, maybe a more annoying features and kind of tamed it down to make her a little bit more relatable and kind of get you in her head of what would it be like if you just had this problem where you just couldn't remember things you just had a terrible short-term memory and what it would be like to deal with that problem and then we get an overall theme to the film that you can overcome your shortfalls. you know maybe somebody just needs to encourage you to just keep going and just because you uh you have a hard time doing something you know you have maybe a disability or you know just i think everybody's got something that they struggle with but, you know, with the right encouragement, that doesn't mean you can't accomplish some some things, despite of that one uh, problem area. Uh, that's the overall theme of this movie, and I think it's communicated very well. Pixar is very good at that. Pixar is also known for uh, going for the feels. Uh, this one, I can see where they were doing that. I don't. It didn't really get to me that way, but of course I may have been slightly distracted by some kids who wouldn't stop talking. They were a little bit <laughs> to my right, they were kind of... Talking halfway through the movie, the half the time, and so, but I still managed to enjoy the movie despite that. So that's that's probably a good thing. And I think I need to get some repeated viewing. And there's some definitely some heartfelt moments, but I don't think it really gripped me emotionally like, say, Inside Out did, funny how in a movie about emotions grips your emotions and kind of gets to you. Uh, or even the Good Dinosaur was really something. Uh, I I did still very much enjoy this, and I could definitely see the the heart of the film was definitely there and themes of family that were definitely in place. Now, I did, and I don't remember if I was talking to you all or if I was just talking to my wife, so I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but I did predict the ending, and I was right. Um, I will not tell you, but uh, it's definitely there. I, I mean, I wasn't 100% right. I was just a bit off, I think. Well, you know, I, know I was actually pretty darn right. <laughs> Uh, but I don't want to tell you the ending of the film but uh, go back a few episodes last time when we did a the la- a trailer park with the, uh, the more full uh, Dory trailer I believe I either was talking to my wife and I might have been on the air with her talking about it so if you really want to know the ending without uh, me saying it now to spoil it for you you can go back there and I pretty much talk about it uh, so I mean Really not that original in the ending, but it was a whole lot of fun getting there. Lots of great new characters. Hank the octopus, who unfortunately this is kind of a problem with the film. He's a great character, and uh, he's kind of goes along. He's kind of a curmudgeon, going along for the adventure. He talks about having lost a tentacle, which I think as an octopus wouldn't he grow that back? Uh, but Dory calls him a, a septopus instead of an octopus because he's only got seven. I didn't count them, but I thought Octopus could regenerate, but I, I don't know. Somebody who's, you know, more <laughs> more informed, like, if Heather was here with me, she would be able to tell me that. But they uh, go through, and he is, his main thing of his, his character is that he does not want to be released back into the ocean, into the wild. But we never find out why. He really wants to go to Cleveland in an aquarium. And I'll tell you some basic plot points here later to talk about the Cleveland Aquarium. Uh, that was never fully resolved. I wanted to see, you know, find out more about the character, why he didn't want to go back to the ocean. And then maybe they could have done something more with his resolve to uh, face that fear. Because there's a lot of themes also of facing your fears that kind of pops up at the beginning of the movie. And uh, that's also part of that overcoming an obstacle and uh, pressing on. Uh, also great characters was a beluga whale named Bailey who uh thought he had a problem with his echolocation sonar but uh, as we see during the course of the film he just hasn't he's just been afraid to try and also Destiny who is this adorable whale shark who has been nearsighted and has a hard time you know navigating with walls but we see of course her overcoming that obstacle You see the running theme here? Overcoming obstacles and still achieving something that you really want to go for, uh, which was a great theme. Now, okay, so overall, when we go from the story, we we get a lot of flashbacks now of Dory uh, remembering things about her parents and suddenly, like, oh my goodness, I want to go find my parents. So, of course, she sets out with Marlin complainingly in tow, Nemo supporting her all the way on a grand adventure where we briefly get to have a little fun with Crush as they go to California. Uh, Now, it turns out that uh, Dory is going to look for her parents inside of a kind of an ocean rescue place. uh, I forgot the name of the place, but (laughs) they, they try to rescue aquatic animals. Blue tanks typically get shipped to Cleveland, and a lot of animals, you know, they rehabilitate and release back into the wild. And in the process of there, she's going to meet all kinds of different other fish, have a grand adventure, sneak around trying to not get, not get caught by the humans while uh, our friend Hank the octopus carries around in like a cup or a, or a coffee <laughs> um, carafe or whatever. I don't know what you'd call that. Uh, so a lot of fun, a lot of different adventures while roaming around this one place trying to locate her parents. And of course, Marlin and Nemo are, you know, get separated from her, and of course Marlin will, will regret the last thing he said to her, because that's what Marlin does, because he worries, says the wrong thing, gets separated, wants to apologize for it, and now he gets even more determined to help find Dory, because yes, that's right, we're finding Dory. If you were to completely do this story from Marlin and Nemo's point of view, it is rehashing the first film on going on an adventure to find somebody. But our main character this time is Dory. So we're spending a lot of time with her finding her parents. So maybe the movie should have been called Finding Dory's Parents. I don't know. (laughs) But it's basically I'll search for family. And yes, she finds a family in the end. Uh, and, yeah, I'm not going to go further than that. But I did predict the ending, if you all remember. Uh, but despite this predictability, it's lots of fun. Great film. Go once. Enjoy it. Heck, go again. Uh, great movie. And uh, that's my all I got to say about that. Let's take a ride at a Disney park. Let's take a ride
2: right now. Oh
0: boat. Oh.
3: Okay, I'm going to do something different here. Uh, This isn't really going to be a ride. But uh, Attractions Magazine posted a video, and I highly recommend you go to uh, their their YouTube channel. I just want to share the audio with it to get you excited about this. This is the Star Wars fireworks show going on at Disney's Hollywood Well. I do they still call it the Hollywood Studios anymore? But down there in Florida, the, the Disney Studios theme park, they have a great Star Wars show. Uh, they've got projections on the the theater replica, you know, the Gramas Chinese Theater replica. They are doing projections on there, fireworks, great effects where it seems like uh, these hands come up and hold a lightsaber up with a spotlight, uh, using green laser lights to to shoot into the crowd as TIE fighters come by. My goodness, it's amazing. Uh, so here is the audio.
1: moment in screen history. At the world-famous Chinese Theater in Hollywood, California, Star Wars premieres, transporting audiences with these simple words, A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away.
2: I think I can handle myself.
3: To Disney and beyond. Hey, Neverlanders, and hey, uh, Toosters, and uh, what do we call the DF Radio people? Disney After Nerds. (laughs) Disney After Nerds. Uh, Well, I am Jeremy. I am the spider Pan. I am the host of the Neverland podcast.
1: And I am Tim Nadell. I am the host of Saturday Morning Rewind.
3: And I am
0: Jason Schlarman. I am the host of DAF Radio.
3: And a brief description. Yeah. The Neverland podcast is pretty much a Disney and geek culture podcast. Um, I mainly became Disney because I love Star Wars. I love Marvel and Disney bought me. And if they if they buy out Star Trek and Doctor Who and they will officially own me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't give them ideas. Anyway. Yeah. They already got Star Wars. Why not grab Star Trek? Because then we could have a crossover. Oh, that would be so cool. But yeah. okay.
1: (laughs) And I'm from Saturday Morning Rewind. If. It's a show all about your childhood, taking you back to when Saturday mornings actually meant something. So we interview a ton of voice actors from the 80s and 90s and just discuss a ton of cartoons from those eras also.
0: And I am the host of D.A.F. Radio. And D.A.F. Radio, you take the the last two shows and you mix them together and you take a slight sliver. that's just the Disney afternoon. That's all me. So there you
3: go. And I cheat because I can talk about both of what you guys do. (laughs) 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 Because <laughs> we, we, we love cartoons. That's why we I that's why I like Saturday Morning Rewind and I love the Disney Afternoon. So I like both of these guys shows and and I, I need to probably niche down a little bit more. But, you know, everything I love, I just
1: fear it's open season. It's hard. So. <laughs> it's hard not to. You know, it's hard not to. Yes. Okay.
3: The, the major difference in why you should. I'm just going to plug everybody else too. the major reason why you should listen to Saturday Morning Rewind, though, and DF Radio is because Saturday Morning Rewind. Tim is awesome at finding guests and actors who played all those characters you loved as a kid and still love as an adult. And Jason has gotten some great people who have worked on Disney Afternoon and talked to them. And it's always
1: fun. Yeah, Jason. I gets occasionally a, get somebody. <laughs> J- Jason gets a whole bunch of very cool behind the scenes people, which I'm jealous over. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so there's
3: definitely. Is,
1: there's similarities,
3: but there's definite differences that it's worth listening to all three of these shows. OK.
1: And coming, yeah. up, uh, coming on, up, on coming up on July 1st on my podcast, Saturday Morning Rewind. I have my exclusive interview with Kevin Conroy, who was Batman.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. Definitely that want awesome. out. And I do
1: it to say, I know I'm the one that did it, but it's an amazing interview. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but anyways, we're all gathered here because this past week uh, we lost two great legends from our childhood. Uh, we'll talk briefly at first because there's not a whole lot to talk about him. Uh, his his I guess birth name was Mahaley, uh, but he was known in, in America as Michu. Mizaros, And I'm, I'm apologizing for getting his name wrong if anybody knows how I'm supposed to pronounce it. Uh, he was born in Budapest, Hungary, so he's got a difficult to say name. Uh, but he was a little two foot nine uh, person, circus performer in Budapest, pre- performed also with the Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey. Uh, the main thing we're going to know him from is
1: Alf. Yes, I loved
3: right. Alf.
1: That uh, Alf is one of the weirdest shows that actually worked. It did, it did. Except for when they try to come back as the movie, which I didn't really like that movie. But that's all right. I'll forgive the movie. Mm-hmm. I just think about the cartoon. I like the. Cartoon. I like the cartoon. Yeah, I like the cartoon. And actually, we yeah, talk we talk about good. it on our upcoming episode uh, just a little bit.
3: Uh, yeah, that's right. something I, I think would actually be fun. Is uh, I need to track down? I believe his name is Paul
1: uh, something Fusco uh, or voice? Fusco or something like that. Fus- yeah. That would be fun to talk to him. It would be because he's the creator and the voice and the puppeteer, of uh, you know, when it moved the head and everything. Yeah. He was he was Alf. If it wasn't, what's the other guy's name? I forget his name already. The guy you just mentioned. Michu, I'm sorry, uh, Misaro. I'm sorry. I, do, I don't want to butcher your name, so I'm not going to say it. But uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for those two guys, we would not have Alf. And so it's it's great yeah. that he. He gave me a lot of great memories of a kid because I remember I have vivid memories of Alf, honestly, watching it with my mom. I remember my mom loved it to death. And I remember one time she laughed so hard at the end of like one of the segments and then it went to commercial and she was still laughing when the show came back on after the commercials were done. (laughs) Uh,
3: But for those who who maybe don't know what we're talking about, Alf was. Alien life form. He crash lands from the planet Milmac into the garage of the, uh, I forgot the family name, the Tanner family. Yeah. And yeah. A, in an ET like fashion, they start hiding him, but he's, you know, basically becomes part of the family, even though he wants to eat their cat. Uh, yes. <laughs> Lots yeah. of fun stuff. But Meechu basically. And this is considered a form of puppeteering. He was just the full body Alf. whenever you mainly during the first season and during the opening credits
1: when you'd see Alf and full body run mm-hmm. across somewhere. It was little you And he gave him he gave him life. You know what I mean? He gave Alf life. It seemed like because he actually seemed like a tangible character, like a real character you could watch because he was moving. You can see his legs moving. Yes. Yeah. He He's, wasn't just a regular puppet. He seemed real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I was I was like your- kid. When I was a kid, I thought Alf was a Muppet. Everything. I was like, well, where's Kermit and Miss Piggy?" But, you know, <laughs> in the years since, I realized, no, they're, they're separate properties. But uh, I, I have good memories of watching it. It was a fun show. And um, I still have, I don't know if you guys know or remember this, but Burger King did a uh, promotion for Alf. And they're like these four Alf uh, hand puppets.
1: Um, yeah. I got a few of those as a kid. Those were fantastic. Yeah, I do vaguely remember those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
3: we had uh, Cooking with Alf. Yes. Uh, and it came with the radios, had the little puppets. And then there we had a the baseball player where basically they did like Casey at the bat. Yes. Uh, and I have looked everywhere for the audio from those, hoping they'd be somewhere on the Internet. But I cannot find the audio. I would love to have a hmm. digital copy of those. Yes. Somebody get on that and do that. Yes. And then send me an email, a podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com.
1: <laughs> but meet you. Thank you for everything you did. It wouldn't yes, be the same you. without you.
3: Yep. And I do want to also remind everybody. If you watch Big Top Pee Wee, Little Andy was him mm-hmm. uh, and Big Top Pee Wee. I know there's a lot of people who didn't like that one, but I thought it was fun. It was good. It was good. Yeah,
1: it was silly. It yeah. was yeah. great. I mean, it, the show is, the show is silly. So what do you expect?
2: Yes.
3: So uh, but one of the main reasons that got us started is on Monday we lost Janet Waldo.
1: Yeah, that was sad. I know, Jason. That's- Jason, you're the one that told me after yeah, that you stay up yes. pretty late at night and you actually posted it for me on my Saturday morning rewind feed. Yeah. Yeah, I. Um, you know, she was ninety six. So to be fair, that's a that's a long that life. That is, that is, that's you a great know, life.
0: But but still, it's it's sad. I I, I remember. Um, and this is this is an actual official podcast, Warner Archive Collection, who puts out those fantastic uh, made to order. Yes, I love that stuff. That's yeah, that's not. The, they don't want to put out in the general retail streams. Yep. Um, so they actually host their own podcast. It's an official podcast of Warner Brothers, and I want to say two thousand eleven, something like that. Janet was actually a guest on that show. Aww. So I would definitely encourage anyone that wants to listen to Janet talk about
3: her life, go check out that episode.
1: That's like. really cool.
3: Wow. Yeah. Oh, look, I found a Disney connection. Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress, and it says TV series in 1964. Grandmother is Act Four.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
3: Oh, there you go. So she was
0: on yeah. um the, the Disneyland anthology show. Very cool.
3: Yeah, that's what it must have been. Uh OK, because it talks about uh, a description here. It doesn't It has zero episodes, though. And it says in this attraction of Magic Kingdom located at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Watch as an American family in the early 20th century makes their way into modern era and take a look into their life and lifestyle of each time period. Uh, my thought would be is this wasn't an actual TV series. I think this is the actual ride because yeah. it's listed here as 1964,
1: you know, ongoing. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's the right. <laughs> so there's
3: our Disney connection. She is grandma on the Walt the, yep, the Carousel huh, of progress. progress.
0: Yeah, nice. You know, I funny, have
3: redeemed my show and kept it Disney.
0: There you go. <laughs> you know, funny funny enough, though, uh, I want to say it was like the day or two after she had passed. Uh, my wife just got the first season of Get Smart. And apparently Janet was a guest star on one of the first season episodes.
3: Telephone operator.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> as a voice actor. I mean, that was a funny episode. And so... Uh, they, there's the little introductions for each episode. And like, they mentioned Janet Waldo, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That's so
1: weird.
3: <laughs> yeah. And th- here's something fun. I did not know. Uh, she was Mrs. Slaghoople on the Flintstones. Yeah.
1: She took over. Somebody was originally the voice and she took yeah, she over she wasn't the original voice.
3: And that would have been, uh, like the mother-in-law, right? Yes. Yes. Now characters that she
0: was the original voice besides of course, Judy. Judy. Desson, yeah was uh, Josie from Josie and the Pussycats? Cats. Mm-hmm. Um, Penelope Pitstop. Oh,
1: I love Penelope Pitstop from Wacky Races.
0: Yes, exactly. I found this out, actually, that she was from the the, the, the 60s Superman cartoon. She
3: was... Oh, gee, I can't believe... Lana like, Lang. Lana Lang. There you go. Oh, Thank wow. You. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 1967, the Superman Aquaman Hour of Adventure TV series. Yes. So she wasn't just a Hanna-Barbera darling, but if you look at her... Um, credits.
0: She did a lot of Hanna Barbera. She's a major um, source for that.
3: Yeah, they use the like, use a lot of the same people uh, though in Hanna Barbera, especially. Um, oh, uh, Paul! I'm, my name just going around. You know, the Ghost Host. Free, freeze, freeze, yeah, Paul freeze! 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 Yeah, Paul Freeze. Paul Freeze. I can't believe that Paul went freeze. right out of my head. I mean, he did so many different characters for for uh, Hanna Barbera. And uh, it almost looks like uh, that Janet had almost the same amount of credits.
1: Yeah, you know, I was
3: Butler another one.
1: I was just thinking. Um, I wonder if there's like also another Disney connection with her, where Penelope von uh, Sweets may be a version of Penelope Pitstop. You know what I mean? Wacky Races, and then the the the, uh, the game that is in um, Wreck It Ralph with Penelope von Sweets. It's another yes, racing strange, game, but we'll <laughs> take it. So maybe so maybe there's a connection there where her character inspired. Penelope Bond Suites. That's possible.
3: I, I suppose uh, there's really not much similar in the personality. No, no, but,
1: but just the racing connection and the. I right. mean, you know, Penelope. Well, it's not a common name.
3: No, I yeah, guess it's not. not a common name
1: at all. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's something fun:
3: Grandmama Adams in the new Scooby Doo movies. You know when they would do the guest stars on yes. uh, on Scooby Doo. Yep. She was Grandmama Adams. Now that's fun. There's something you wouldn't expect. It's once again still Hanna Barbera. Uh, but there was also an Adams Family TV series where it looks like she's listed as Morticia Adams and a few uh, a few of these episodes. Now I'm wondering if uh, do they mean the an animated? Possibly, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. There, was, it's a, there be was an animated an, an,
0: There's actually two animated uh, Adams Family cartoon shows yep. that I was aware of. There yeah. was one. That was like in the sixties or seventies, which seventies. This, this is nineteen seventy-three. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the one where she's the voice actress. And then mm-hmm. there was another one that would have been on in the early nineties. That was the one I remember as a kid. Yeah, I, uh, the one that she would have been a voice actress on at least the first season is released through again the Warner
1: Archive. Yep, collection. that's right.
3: Ah, oh, and something else really cool. Now it doesn't uh, doesn't say exactly what she might have voiced, but y'all remember Inch High Private Eye? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yes. Yep. She's listed as being a voice, though, not a particular character, unfortunately. So that's very cool. Just going through her credits. I mean, uh, I see showing up in uh, Kong Kong Fui, the -hmm. new Tom and Jerry Clue Club. I remember that one. Yogi Space Race doesn't it doesn't say which specific character. Uh, It has a couple credits with uh, the Scooby-Doo Dino Mutt Hour. uh, Battle of the Planets. Why does that sound familiar to me? Was that uh, an anime series? I don't know. Everybody had the Falcon kind of look. No, that was the Hanna Barbera show again. I don't know much about it, but
0: I, 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 I know this because this stuff is again be, being released um on DVD through the Warner Archive Collection or what have you. Just like some more obscure shows, and yeah.
3: so. Oh, yeah, it is. It is the series I was thinking of. uh Alan Young actually even had a voice on there as uh, Seven Zark um, Seven. But yeah, it's Battle of the Planets, which I think Hanna Barbera did get like some rights to. But it's very anime style, where they. uh I, I almost wonder if they didn't inspire the Silverhawks because uh, the characters all kind of had these kind of falcon helmets in space and these big wings. Uh, and I, I only vaguely remember seeing it uh, when I was a kid. But, I, I, you know, I wasn't old enough to know what was going on other mm. than it's, it was really cool stylized. Yeah. Uh, but if that's been released on DVD, that might be something worth looking into.
0: Now, here's something. I'm on her profile on Wikipedia. So take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, exactly. Wikipedia. But (laughs) but, but this, this, though, I think is pretty much fact. She was actually born in Yakima, Washington, which I I don't know how many here have been to Yakima, but it's a smaller town, um, although it's grown since she was born. But still. Uh, So she's a Washington native. uh, And her father, this is really interesting, is a distant cousin of Ralph
3: Waldo Emerson. Wow. Yeah. So. And her father's name, Benjamin Franklin Waldo. That's kind of cool. hmm <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, look, and there's even uh Hoggeth in The Smurfs. Yes. Wow. Uh, God, further guest starring roles, including Beth Crane, a descendant of Ichabon Crane, in the episode The Headless Horseman of Halloween from The Scooby-Doo Show in 1976. My goodness.
0: Well, and I think that probably what helped her... He's such a great voice actress was that she started off in radio
3: yeah uh, the Lux radio know. theater i love it mm-hmm. I, i've heard some of
0: that exactly and so that was that was her big break i mean she eventually moved on to do some uh, film and tv but um you know radio is where she started so she really learned a lot of great disciplines that hopefully we're
3: all trying to figure out ourselves right now <laughs> but um, oh even the great gildersleeve another great uh, that's a character that spun off from uh um uh, oh, Fibber McGee and Molly Uh was Gildersleeve was a character on there that was so popular that they spun him off to his own show, uh, which reminds me of another podcast is the Indiana. If you ever hear them, they remind me of Fibber McGee and Molly a lot. The two of them. It's a husband and wife. Uh, very fun Disney show, by the way. Stop plugging See? other
1: podcasts. We're not here. We're here <laughs> now. <laughs> I I share <laughs> the love with
3: every every podcast I love. You know, that's just oh, how I am.
1: funny. Yeah. So some
3: other shows that she was a guest star
0: on that's not Hanna-Barbera, more live action shows. She's a guest star on I Love Lucy, The Andy Griffith Show, The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, The Lucy Show. Of course, I already mentioned Smart. Um, Mm -hmm. She's got got a fantastic um, back history. She's on a
1: lot of really cool shows. Yeah, those are all shows that I grew up with, and they're all considered classics. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Mr. T even did an additional voice, apparently.
1: Nice. Wow. And the Jetsons, we got to talk about the Jetsons We sure do. While. Now, did uh, you guys, did you guys, I prefer Jetsons over Flintstones. I don't know about you guys. Ooh, I like them equal. I do like sure. them kind of equal, but I connected more with the Jetsons. Maybe because it's futuristic and maybe as a kid yeah. I was more sci-fi. Mm, yeah.
3: The,
0: the Flintstones meet the Jetsons was my favorite. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, was it
3: in the 80s, <laughs> I want
0: to say? Yeah, I think that was so. That great.
3: That was great. Yeah. And uh, you know, the cool thing with the Jetsons is you you got like a like two series because there was you, you, you'd you have the classic series. And then when it came back, I guess it was like a Saturday morning version in the the I guess it was the 80s when yeah. you had Orbity thrown in. Yes. And uh, yeah, Frank Welker. Yes, yeah. Frank Welker. In uh, the
0: so- 80s, Hanna-Barbera. I kind of feel like this is the last big hurrah from William Hanna and Joe Barbera. But in the 80s, they brought back a lot of their classic properties not just the Jetsons, but Johnny Quest and mm-hmm. Yogi Bear, and doo a lot of them. Um, and so that included what they kind of now see as the continuation of the original Jetson, which in the 60s it only lasted a season. Yeah. I was surprised to find that out. Yeah. Um, and then it, uh, it just kind of went from there. So.
3: Yeah. And it was still, it was huge basically in the 80s for me because I remember watching it on syndication and I could watch it on Saturday mornings. Yeah. Just, oh, and I loved it. And I loved the old show. I loved the newer show. And it was, just now I I should blank. mention
0: <laughs> I should mention because this was big controversy the Jetsons movie even though Janet was able to stay on in the film as a side character a robot uh, they didn't let her uh, continue her role as Judy Jetson in that film they brought in the 80s pop singer Tiffany yep it was a yeah. big controversy
3: about that now just because they wanted her to sing a song I think yeah uh-huh. my
1: my feelings on that um you know I actually liked Tiffany on the show but I would preferred. Janet did it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I thought Tiffany did a good job. Yeah. But I don't know why. Maybe just have Tiffany sing the song and just have Janet. do. Maybe that was what Tiffany wanted, though. Maybe she would only do it if she was the voice. I don't know. I actually interviewed Tiffany Tiffany for my old website about five years ago. (laughs) And uh, we didn't talk about this, of course, but I did confess my love for her as a kid. I had a huge, huge crush on Tiffany. So maybe that's why I don't mind her in the movie. (laughs) <laughs> it's the redhead thing, isn't it? It, it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> I you know me too well.
0: You know We're what? Too similar.
1: <laughs> the Orlando
0: Sentinel on this, this is an, uh, an article that goes back to the time of the film in, in 1990. Apparently Janet actually recorded all the lines for me for the film. And then she was replaced by Tiffany because the studio executives thought that she would attract a younger
3: audience. Oh, of course. I mean, that kind of yeah.
1: makes sense, but it's kind of dumb, too. Yeah. Because to. yeah. back in those days, who really announced, you know, that Tiffany was part of this cartoon? It's not like nowadays where you watch a commercial and it says starring Tiffany. Back then, I don't remember them even advertising she was in it. I'm sure they did, though.
3: Yeah, I remember that they did because they played a clip of the song.
1: Yeah. Well, to yeah. me, I love that song, though. I think it's a good song. I, I really don't remember
3: it. I haven't seen that movie in such a long time. Yeah. I remember I liked it cuz it was the Jetsons. Yeah.
1: I mean it, it was it was different. It wasn't the same Jetsons, but I still right. liked it cuz I liked the Jetsons. Yeah. But I would Janet would have been nice to hear and then maybe Tiffany singing would have been nice. Uh yeah. here's something interesting. I want I'm sorry I'm going to throw a different thing here. I just
3: noticed uh, it says there was a wacky races video game in Penelope Pitstop. It was yeah. back yes. in yeah. That. yeah. Yeah, yeah. How did I so. miss this?
1: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
3: And I wonder if I can still play it somehow. I
1: think it's super rare. I think it's pretty expensive.
3: Is it like a PlayStation 1
1: game? I want to say that's right. I want to say that's right.
3: Oh, my goodness. Jim Cummings is Dick Dastardly. Billy West is (laughs) Muttley. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. I completely missed this game. I want to play this now. (laughs) I mean, it's the Wacky Races. I mean, (sighs) you know what's
0: great about that is in the mid-90s when Warner Brothers bought Hanna-Barbera. I kind of feel like they really have just been pushing all Scooby-Doo all the time. Which, yeah. I mean, nothing against Scooby-Doo, but there's so many fantastic characters you from know. Hanna-Barbera, including the Jetsons. And I'd love to have them give, get more love, you know what I mean? Yep,
1: for sure. Um, yeah. but the
0: fact that in 2000, just a few years later, and this whole, the whole Scooby thing would have been in full force by then, that they actually gave a video game to Wacky Racers, I mean, that's kind of
1: cool. Yeah, Something it happens. is. I mean, that's that's like 30 years after the fact. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.
3: And even at our age, because, you know, we weren't alive for the original Wacky Races, but we still got to see that show, you know, in some sort of syndication and we still love it.
1: I do. It's amazing. I have it on DVD. Awesome. Cartoon Network. I mean, before Cartoon Network
0: became
3: what it is today, it was basically Hanna-Barbera reruns.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: First started. So. And then they brought in Boomerang and they brought back the old Hanna-Barbera reruns. And now Boomerang is playing stuff from like the late 90s, early 2000s and not playing the classics anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now Boomerang is not worth, worth it's well, it's sometimes worth watching because they show
1: Looney Tunes. Yeah, I used, yeah. To, I used to love Boomerang, but it's so different now. Yeah.
3: And maybe we're getting getting our age in there. But some of these newer cartoons are just not as good as those classics.
1: Nope, I don't think it's our age. I think you're right. I they're just they're. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. It's like they're made for children that have no attention span. They have like one minute attention span. So you have to get their attention like instantly or else they're gone. Yeah. But when we were kids, they were able to have continuous episodes that lasted like a whole month. And yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I was glued to my seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, good, about, good...
0: uh, speaking of Hanna-Barbera, Pirates of Darkwater, they didn't even finish the stupid story. I was so mad. <laughs> but that was just a continuation. Each episode was just built. Yeah. It was a whole story. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I missed most of the series because I was in school still when I wasn't home from school by the time it came on. But I did have a and I might still have it somewhere, but I have a, a, a comic book. Of pirates of dark water so i wonder if maybe were they continuing this story on in the comic book to try to finish it you know anything about that there was a video game i'm aware of that supposedly was the end of the story but i just feel like that's lame
0: that's not the same thing yeah. you know that's kind of like the ghostbusters thing oh the game is the third movie i don't really get into that so much i want an actual show a film something you know in the same genre if you will but um but anyway that was another great show you know, mm-hmm. But that's kind of getting off track. Uh, Janet yeah. wasn't in that one, so yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, Janet, I really feel was the last, as far as I am aware. I guess there is Frank Welker. I have to say, Frank is, is still around, but Janet yeah. was one of the last. I'll save this was one of the last great pillars of uh, voice actors from the Hanna Barbera
3: era. Yep. Yeah.
1: Completely nice. Yep.
0: yep.
3: And even uh, I got to mention because I love Adventures in Odyssey. Uh, she was Joanne Allen. Which you know, married to the character Jack Allen, which of course was played by now the last um, um, Alan Young. We just lost him. Wow, You're golly, right. that's really weird. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, that's they were they weird. were a married couple there by the their end of their run on Adventures and Odyssey, and uh, now and we've lost both life. of them. Yeah, and in I, real life, they passed away within was that a month of
0: each yeah, other? Less or
1: than that, less than yeah. that. Yeah, yeah just, less just than a that. couple of weeks. I don't want to sound morbid or anything, but it's almost like in real life, when your grand, like when your grandpa dies, your grandma yeah. goes soon after. You know what I mean? It's like they, yeah, they don't have anything else to live for. You know, so they go sure. soon after too.
0: Yeah, yeah, sad. Well, yeah. you know what though, we can still enjoy the great work of Janet Waldo because all the titles we've mentioned, as far as I know, is on DVD. So pop it in, joy. You know, where's a lot of it's streaming on Netflix or whatever. So I mean, mm-hmm. we can relive, you know, Janet's performances over and over again. That's a fantastic thing about home entertainment. So,
3: yeah, is it, and it's, that's definitely something you know if you if share that with your kids instead of sitting down to watch uh, Teen Titans Go, uh, <laughs> let's 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 sit down and show them the old stuff.
1: And this is this is time Feel for me problem. to kind of. I know Jason feels the same way I do about about physical media like DVDs and everything. Go out and buy some DVDs of this because even though it may be streaming, you never know if it's going to be there tomorrow. They could, Amazon mm-hmm. can choose to take it off, Netflix can choose to take it off, but if you have it on DVD, you have it forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or until but, your disc breaks, one of the Yeah, games. exactly. Or sure until your kids <laughs> draw on it, like my kids often did as little kids. <laughs>
3: And Jason I'm... gets a lot of good campaigns to get all of those, Disney the afternoon volumes
0: out. Oh, yeah. There. We
1: need some DuckTales. We need continuous DuckTales. We need the all Darkwing Duck. We need everything. So people get on that. I do that. try
0: to be equal opportunity here, even though I'm more pro physical media. But, you know, yeah. anyway. Uh, but yeah, I, I I actually have the full Jetsons on DVD, and I'm yep. really happy I do. I enjoy watching that show. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Now, the, the, all right. So they released the, the, the 60s show, which is considered season one. Right. That's been released on DVD for a while, like a decade plus. Um, but then in the late 2000s, they released the first half of the second season, which was the 80s relaunch. Um, I guess the sales didn't do as well. Uh, so they actually released the second half via the Warner Archive. Okay. Uh, and then the third and final season is also Warner Archive. Uh, and then the J- Rockin' with Judy Jetson, which while Wal- uh, Janet was, again, the voice of Judy Jetson in that, that's Warner Archive. Uh, And then you have uh, Flintstones meet the Jetsons. That's also Warner Archive. And then finally, uh, Jetsons, the movie that has actually been released on a pressed disc. Um, I've seen it at Target and Best Buy and Walmart. So, I mean, it's it's out there. It's not it's like five bucks
3: or less. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. an excuse to go get it. And with Warner Archive, it's not bad quality whatsoever. I have quite a few. I I have shirt tails, I have go bots and that kind of stuff. And it's Mm -hmm. DVD quality. But when you flip the disc over, it looks like a DVR. That's the only difference. Yeah. You get a case and um, in everything. You know, oh, I,
3: I'd love to have the GoBots.
0: Oh, oh yeah. I have, I have the
1: first two um, volumes of it.
0: Wacky, <sighs> Wacky Racers. That DVD was released again like a decade-ish ago. Uh, the only problem is it's out of print, so it might be kind of yeah, pricey. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I have it, but I bought it when it was in print.
0: Yes, I have it too. Um, I paid a little more than I wanted to, but I wouldn't even imagine trying to buy it now. However, yeah. the uh, the spinoff series, The Perils of Penelope Pitstop. I hope I said that without Slurring too much. That one is still in print right now. You can go pick that up on Amazon.
3: Yeah, and that's a pretty good show. I did like that one, but it wasn't as fun as the Wacky Races were. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Josie and the Pussycats.
0: The original series is also on DVD. I think the spinoffs are again Warner Archive, but um, still, this is all the stuff that Janet was the star of. I mean, go go enjoy it. It's it's there. It's fantastic. In my opinion, better than any of the stuff on TV right now. So
3: yep. yeah. And, it, you know, with Josie and the Pussycats, I guess that did prove that Janet Waldo could sing. So why in the world didn't they just let her sing the Judy Jetson song <laughs> in the movie? Uh, OK, I don't know. The controversy <laughs> continues. No,
0: don't,
1: don't <laughs> yeah. hate on my Tiffany. Now.
3: All right. Well, we're not hating on her, but, you know, she was the one that tried to revitalize her, her career by posing for Playboy. And it still didn't revitalize her <laughs> career. So, <laughs> well, so anyway,
0: but uh, the Jetsons, if, if you only pick up one show of the ones that I just mentioned, I would say Jetsons. That's the one to go with, yeah. in my opinion. But um, yeah, definitely check it out. Janet, I mean, I can't imagine her not playing Judy Jetson. I mean, yeah. again, because Warner Brothers is kind of on the Scooby-Doo kick even today. Um, I don't know they're really going to do much else with the, uh, the Jetsons' property, sadly. But if they ever did, we're going to have a different Judy Jetson. That's just weird to me. Yeah, yeah. Know?
3: Right. And there was rumors for years after the Flintstones live action movie that we would eventually get a Jetson's live action movie. And I always heard rumors of Tim Allen being looked at to play George, which hmm. would have been awesome. Yeah, I could see that. But I, I, it's like the rumors flew around and then nothing ever came of it. So I don't know if it was really ever looked at to do or it was just, you know, we wished for it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've heard rumors of a of
3: a live action Johnny Quest, you know? That I might have, still end up happening. I don't know. I think that is supposed to be happening. I hope I it does. Know. That'd be awesome. That would work. I think that Especially would really if they work. make it like the original series cuz the the original series was very cinematic and very serious in you I mean, you could it was I think it was definitely meant for primetime television cuz it was I mean, the the some of the best animation Hanna-Barbera has ever done. A very realistic great artwork. The the, the 80s one I just couldn't quite get into as much. But, like, yeah. the old the old Johnny Quest when they used to show that on Boomerang late at night, oh, I loved it. I, I feel like uh, Hanna-Barbera properties,
0: at least the A-list properties, so, like, Yogi Bear, uh, Flintstones, Jetsons, you know, Johnny Quest, Space Ghost. I feel like these properties can still hold their own, you know, if, yes. they're, if they're introduced properly. Um, there's some weird stuff in the comics right now I'm not as big of a fan <laughs> yeah. of, but uh, – <laughs> You know, I, I don't feel like they have to be forgotten and left in the past. We can still use these properties. You know, it's not just Scooby, but um,
3: that's just not the way they seem to be going,
0: I yeah.
3: guess. You know, and I, I, for one, I think they could bring back Mutt and Blue Falcon because superheroes mm-hmm. are big right now. And Tom Kane, uh, the way you hear him, uh, like in Star Wars Clone Wars, he does the introduction. He has such a great style that really does remind me of the original voice. Of uh, the Blue Falcon, which now I can't think of that guy's name, who's passed, but he had such a legendary voice. Um, I, I'm, I feel awful; I can't think of the guy's name now. But uh, I mean, he did like the intro for Laughing, and uh, and you'd always see him. He'd hold his hand to his ear whenever he was. Oh like, yeah. Then, um,
1: um. Um. He was also a Powder Toast Man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I
3: have no idea who that is. Oh, oh, I was on Reddit Red, Red Second. Hi, Mom. Yeah. Uh, cannot think of that guy's name, but Tom Kane, uh, whether he's meaning to or not can sound a lot like him have that same style so i would if they ever got around to a blue falcon i would love for tom kane to play it
0: yeah i feel like that could but mm-hmm. Ga-
3: gary owens gary yeah, owens yes.
0: thank you gary owens. gary owens is the blue falcon that's right
2: mm-hmm. um anyway
0: though so that's that's my kind of thoughts on uh those that have passed i'm really sad to hear about it again um thank Ooh. goodness for dvd we can relive these memories over and over again
3: you know right so and share them with your kids because if you get to your kids early enough and let get let them love this stuff, they will always love it. They will grow up loving it. And sometimes they might be a little resistant. I mean my best buddy Philip, we call him Lost Boy Phil on the show whenever he guest stars. He used to babysit his nephews and he'd, he'd get DVDs of old cartoons and they'd be like, I don't know what that is. I don't want to watch that. And then he'd start – he'd go ahead and say, no, trust me. Sit and watch some of this and he'd show it to them and then he would just get all into it and they'd run to the end of the DVD and they're like, wait a minute. Isn't there more? So kids will love this stuff if you just give them the chance, because this stuff, it's so timeless. I mean, even the Jetsons, because it's a future that is so fantastic that we have not caught up with it yet. So it's still futuristic. Here's
1: here's the one thing I have to say about Jetsons. I loved it when they woke up in the morning and they were able to push a button and the whole building rose above the clouds. But what (laughs) what if the whole building didn't want to raise above the clouds and it was only the Jetsons that wanted to? That's kind of messed up. That the whole Actually, building would move just because the they janitor wanted to. the who got
3: to do that, the handyman. I
1: remember Rosie doing it too, just pressing really? it. I don't up.
3: remember Rosie doing it. I remember the little handyman. Henry was no, it, No, right?
1: no, yeah. I remember he him was too. trying to get
3: above a storm, and so he went up above the clouds because there was a storm. I remember, already. I don't
1: know if it's the movie, but I remember, or an episode, but I remember they did it themselves also. Mm, I was like, you're making thousands of people wake up when they don't want to wake up. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, my question with the Jetsons
0: always was: we know, ne- as far as I remember, we never see the ground. You know, what are they no, yeah. attached to? Right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> well, kind of like, like Bespin, like maybe like Tom Cruise's Oblivion movie or something, where just <laughs> nobody lives there, and th- there are the clones that are doing research on the bottom of the earth, and Tom Cruise comes in and finds another clone himself. Yeah, like that. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> or even uh when you get into some of the original
3: novels from Star Wars and you had uh, Coruscant where it was described as, and most people are up in the top side and this this beautiful city up top and then you get down kind of on the bottom and it's all you know dirty grimy and you know seedy nightclubs with guys who wanna buy a death stick you know mm-hmm. which they did you know show in the films but uh, it was a completely different world on the ground compared to what it was uh, up above yep, so who, who knows? knows what it could have been like mm-hmm. down there they it could have been like like a Wall-E, you know? They've completely trashed the Earth, and so that's why they had to live up in the class and
1: that's so what, they could get away. That's what Oblivion is also. It's like a live action yeah. Wall-E.
3: Yeah, it
0: really yeah. is. Yeah, I've I've I think a lot of people have wondered if that was the case that the Jetsons is kind of a post-apocalyptic future, yeah, wherein the Earth is trashed, but they're trying to rise above and and not show the the dirty secret of the trashed Earth. I don't know.
3: Wow, um, we've suddenly gotten very deep on the Jetsons. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes well, I, I actually mean. never stopped to think about that until today now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or all of what we said is a bunch of garbage and it's just a cartoon series
1: that could work too mm, i don't it. know that's that's a little that's kind of a long stretch there yeah
3: and you know what i think it still inspires things today because who remembers eeb orb aha
1: oh yeah, yeah.
3: OK, now, if you jump ahead to Phineas and Ferb, there was an episode where they wanted to have their own one hit wonder pop song and they did Gitchi Goo means I love you. Oh, okay. And every time I hear it, I'm thinking. "Eep orp, uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. It's like I know they were inspired by it. And to me, it's almost like a tribute if they even if they didn't mean it, it's like a tribute in my heart. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> that is one of my favorite episodes when Judy wins the date and then George is following him around. You know, another thing <sighs> I know
0: Star Trek usually gets the uh, the credit for this. But you go to the supermarket or the mall and you have those sliding doors. That was in the Jetsons, too. Same era as Star Trek. I, I say
3: that it's it's both that
0: inspired that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So.
3: I'm still waiting for my flying car that can actually go and travel through space, though. Yes.
0: Oh, you don't
1: have one yet?
3: <laughs> Not yet. Not that you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that reminds
0: me of a commercial from, I want to say, 2000, 2001. And again, he's talking, talking Star Trek. Um, James uh, Avery, who was uh, the, uh, the voice, he was the actor that played Captain Sisko in Deep Space. And this is fantastic commercial. Um, I forget, I forget who who the, who is promotion for. But he's like, you know, it's the year 2000s, 21st century. Where are my flying cars? Mm-hmm. I'm like, exactly. Where are my flying cars?
1: Where I know.
3: Yeah. Especially with all glass like that. I mean... <laughs> It's a big glass dome with just a fin on the back.
1: Yeah, <laughs> how and, safe could that have been? And then the inflatable driver for for your for your uh, cruise control.
3: <laughs> uh, that unfortunately puts the scene an in airplane in my brain, which yeah. is not family friendly necessarily, <laughs> no. but it's still funny. But okay, <laughs> we'll leave that drop right there. Good night, oh, and and All right. Who, yeah, and who can forget Super George? That was still one of my favorite things. Uh, they had like a like device or whatever that you could wish something and and have it happen as a temporary, but then they broke it and George couldn't get rid of the superpowers and he was trying to go to work and he tried to open the car door and he broke it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. And the replay Ola. That was another one of my favorite ones. Oh, where stuff. strange person gives George this device that can rewind time a little bit so he can, if he makes a mistake, he can back up and change it. But then he gets so mad, uh, just from one point he remembers that uh, this one rival guy had once kissed Jane, and he wants to go back and erase that entire day. Then he realized, oh, that's right, he kissed the bride on on their wedding day and completely wiped out his family. It was almost an It's a Wonderful Life kind of episode, and the only way to fix it was to give the replayola back to the guy, and all the stuff he had gained from fixing every mistake he made went back to normal, but he was happy to have to be poor and have everything that he had just because he had his family. And it was, it was such a good episode. It was my favorite. (laughs) Well, anyway, guys, I think I'm going to have to leave you. Uh, Neverlanders. It was fantastic
0: being here. Thanks for having me Uh, again. Check out DAF radio. We're on iTunes and SoundCloud and uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter. So definitely check us out.
1: Yep. Yep. And, I and am, all of you Toosters do the same. Check it out, DAF Radio. Yes, I am Tim Nadell from Saturday Morning Rewind. Check us out, Saturday SaturdayMorningRewind.com, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, online, whatever. You can find us anywhere pretty much. And of course,
3: the Neverland Podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Blueberry. Uh, and of course, uh, when you have Pixie Dust, you can actually come and visit us here in Neverland as well. It takes a little a little bit of a happy thought, though, so you got to mess one up. I know it's a rough... Rough time sometimes. But you get that happy thought and get your pixie dust and come visit. I'll think of Tiffany.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, well, just be careful of what you search for if you try to look oh, that's for
1: it. Oh, it's true. Kids. I'll think of um, a 90s Tiffany, I guess. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, I don't know what year it was that she did her posing, but I'm afraid you'd find it if you, you weren't looking yeah. for it. And you'd be like, yeah. whoops. Oh, hey, kids, remember that there was this girl that used to, she used to re- re-record old 50s and 60s songs. I
1: should show you. Whoops, not that picture. I think we're alone now. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be anyone else around. (laughs) All right, guys, this has been fun. All right, see ya. All right, see ya. All right, bye-bye, everybody.
3: Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast.
2: We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure.
3: Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket.
2: It's that young-at-heart, positive attitude that you can share with others.